been a while, hasn't it? Welcome back to the Under the Hood podcast. I'm your host, Michael Carey. I hope you've all had a wonderful holiday season, a happy new year to you all, and all the best in 2021. So for those of you who are not aware, recently I became an editor over on tobychristie.com, which is one of the fastest growing NASCAR media websites in the industry. And something that I want to use the platform for is to talk about design in NASCAR. Now, I've always been incredibly interested in the design aspect of NASCAR, hence the Designer Roundtable series. But when you look at designers in NASCAR, in my opinion, they are never given the amount of attention and recognition that they deserve. Now, you'll see their work and compliment the car, but who actually took the time to design the car? And who spent all those hours at night making sure that everything lined up perfectly? Who's working with the sponsors? Who's working with the drivers? Who has to kind of conform to the standards of the brand and the teams? So over the next couple weeks, tobychristie.com is going to have a special designer spotlight series where you're going to hear from a handful of designers who had an outstanding 2020 season when it comes to their design portfolio. Now, this will range from the Arkham Menard series all the way up to the premier level of NASCAR Cup Series racing. Not to mention, some of these designers had some winning schemes multiple times in the 2020 season. Now this week, you're going to hear from Kyle Williams, who is a graphic designer at the Decal Source. Now when I tell you that Kyle absolutely gave it his all in 2020, I am not exaggerating. Over 70, 7-0, paint schemes were put on track across the national series and that's not a couple of schemes that ran multiple times no over 70 individual paint schemes an immaculate amount of work but he had to start somewhere kyle i want you to tell me about where did you first find your love for design in general it was at a very very early age um I had always grown up around racing before I could even talk. My dad was racing go-karts and uh, he would take me to race tracks and stuff before I ever had any memories of it. So it was kind of in my blood at a very early age. But I remember the first car that I ever uh, was drawn to was Bill Elliott's McDonald's car from uh, 1994 and uh, or 1995. And I remember just loving the McDonald's car. I didn't have any, you know, I didn't know who the driver was the first, you know, at the time or anything like that. I was just like, man, those are the coolest colors, the red and the white and the yellow. And so I became a big Bill Elliott fan from there. And both of my parents are pretty artistic in their own right. So uh, growing up, I would always try to emulate what they were doing. They were painting, taking pictures, that kind of stuff. So I started drawing race cars. And uh, I was always like the weird kid at school that was drawing race cars while everybody else was, you know, playing sports, whatever. I was always drawing a race car of some sort. And uh, it got to about, I'd say... 11, 12 years old, where I realized, man, I could probably do this. I started, you know, messing around with um, NASCAR racing 2003 and doing a lot of what we see on the internet with uh, scheme proposals and concept designs and everything. I started working on stuff like that through Photoshop. And that's when I started getting into uh, 
you know, more of the marketing aspect of it and realizing I could do something with this. And I started um, following Sam Bass really closely and realizing there's a career behind this. I could actually do this for a living. So throughout middle school to high school, that was my main goal was to just become some sort of designer. And there was a period of time where I didn't know if it would follow me into, you know, racing or if I wanted to go into a music route because a lot of my past is heavily influenced by music as well. And it was just a lot of good things happened in a row to be able to get into racing, which was really cool. And um, I'm from Pennsylvania and I know you're from Philly uh, or at least stationed in Philly. I don't know if you're actually originally from Philly, but. <laughs> oh no, and, I am. Uh, I am from Philly. Are you? Oh, okay. That's yeah. awesome then. Cause I'm originally from Scranton and okay. I spent some time in Philly. I went to the art Institute there and that's kind of where I segmented off and realized that I could do this. And that, that was really cool. What led you into the world of NASCAR? Like what was your first big break when it came to putting a car on track? The first big break was uh, honestly just being able to come down here to North Carolina. Um, I had sign shop experience in the past with uh, my best friend uh, back home and, and uh, he still has a company called Himmer Graphics. And from that point, um, I learned everything that I could ever know about um, the design process, talking with customers, uh, printing, uh, installing, wrapping, all of that kind of stuff gave me the experience and the confidence to go and pursue the decal source who I'd been aware of for a, a number of years, probably since 2011, I had seen their stuff online and I saw there was an opening. So I put my name out there and uh, within a, a two and a half week period, I went from, you know, not really knowing if I was going to stay in Pennsylvania or not to, hey, you got a job in North Carolina, come down here, we're going to work on race cars. And I'm like, oh, man, okay. So uh, once I started there, I, I didn't think that I was going to have any designs on on track or anything, you know, my first year, I didn't know what the, the job really entailed, except that I'd be able to work on race cars and that I'd be working around paint schemes. And the first car that I ever got to do was for premium motorsports, um, the Justin Marks GoPro uh, motorplex car that ran at the the first roval race uh and that was it, it just still gives me chills i i don't know how to explain like even being able to just know who that driver was and know that it was a big sponsor in this cool place you know like motorplex and and being able to represent all that stuff with something that i created um so that was the first break and that's something that's great about the decal source is that we do have relations with all of these teams and they trust us to give them what they want, you know, through not just me as a designer, but our sales team, our production team, our install team, you know, so it's a huge group of collective that comes together that makes all of the things possible to actually wrap those cars. So this past season, you've pretty much touched every series. You had cars on track in Arca, you had the truck series, Xfinity, and Cup. When you're designing a paint scheme, you know, tell me about like your design process. So the biggest thing um, is to know what the the sponsor really is looking for. A lot of times, what ends up happening is they don't know what they want, and that gives me more creativity. But it also makes it a little bit more challenging because I feel like in the back of their minds they might know what they want, but they just don't know how to express that. And so it's my job to try to almost read their minds and, and anticipate what they're actually looking for. Um, one big thing, and I don't know if it's one of my secrets, but it's uh, 
one thing that I kind of think about is whether I want this car to be angular with a lot of points and, or do I want it to be more flowy? And it really just depends on the criteria that I'm given, whether or not it can be a full wrap, a partial wrap, uh, or if it can just only be a decal set. So there's a lot that goes behind it with that. Um, you'll notice the Nice trucks, they only liked to do partial wraps. And that's not only cost effective, but it was also easy for the team to install them themselves. Um, a lot of times their sponsors would come on a little bit last second and there wasn't a lot of time to do them. So we'd have to do quick turnarounds and they'd have to you know, get something so they can show up to the track and actually represent that sponsor accurately. But um, it's, it's a lot of, uh, it's, it's kind of head spinning a little bit to, to put some of that stuff together because sometimes you're given a month to work on a paint scheme and then other times you're given an hour, you know, and you have to come up with something great within that time frame, regardless of what it, you know, what it takes. So would you say for more of the schemes that you designed this past season, would you say you've had, I would say either a couple of days to design cars or was it more so, Hey, we need this by Wednesday and today's Monday. It was more of that, actually, especially with COVID this year. Um, I think it left a lot of teams in limbo with a lot of the sponsorships um, where there wasn't solid deals in line. And I, I, don't, I can't say 100% what led to all of that. It could have been where it was going to be that way anyway. But it seemed it was worse this year than with COVID and the unpredictability of what sponsorships wanted um, or their commitments to the team. So that would be a lot of uh, what would happen is there'd be a race uh, especially for like the truck series, it'd be a race like Friday. Uh, by Wednesday, you know, we would need a scheme that was created, approved, designed, installed, so they could go to the track. Um, so I would find that out, uh, you know, usually on Monday, like you said. And from Monday to Wednesday, that would be the time frame in which um, I had to put the design together. And then not only did the design have to come together, but we had to set it up, print it, and get it installed or shipped to the team. Uh, so it's a, it's a pretty mad dash kind of uh, scenario, but it's kind of become more of the norm, especially these days with how quickly the teams can get sponsors from week to week. You mentioned it takes, it, it's pretty much like those couple of days that you have between, Hey, we need this to install day. How do you handle, I, I guess that sort of rapid pace to make sure you have a quality design, but also meeting your deadlines. That gets really tricky and it can play into um, your mental game a little bit because you start to question whether you're actually giving your all or if this is just something that's coming together because it's conveniently quick for you to put it together. So um, that's why I've kind of developed a little system where do I want the car to be angular? Do I want the car to have a flowing kind of feel to it? Um, and when I can base my ideas off of those kind of two concepts, it allows me to create something a lot quicker um, and I'd say given the practice that I've, I've been given over the past two and a half years, I've gotten a lot quicker just because of how fast some of these schemes have to come out. I'd say Daytona is probably the worst week for it all. Um, there's a lot of last minute deals that come together, last minute sponsorships. And, uh, there's been a, a couple times where we've had, I've had to design something the day of the duels or the, um, the clash and the designs getting wrapped as the car is being pushed to the, uh, to the grid. Um, so it is very mentally taxing when it comes to something like that, because you start to question whether or not you needed all that time, or was it really just everything that you came together with, you know, in that 25 minutes that you had to, to put something together, uh, was that actually your best work? And I've, I've started to come to realize that I can do stuff that quick 
and I'm happy with it. It's just, you have to build up a process to actually get to that point. And I think uh, in the beginning, I, I look at some of my schemes and the dead, you know, those kinds of deadlines. And I wasn't so happy with some of the stuff that I did, but now I have more go-to um, stuff that I work on and, and more confidence in what I do. Tell me about what, what are your favorite kind of schemes to design? You know, simple schemes, you know, very complex schemes. Like, you know, what's kind of your, your favorite spot to be in? It's, uh, it's tough on that one. I really like um, really simple schemes. And it's strange. My past doesn't really uh, reflect that. I came from doing a lot of dirt mods and um, short track cars up in Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey. And a lot of those designs are crazy. They were full of neon overlays and, you know, patterned backgrounds. And once I got down here and started working on the NASCAR side of stuff, I realized that NASCAR is a lot cleaner. Um, sponsors don't like to have their logos on top of any kinds of designs. They like their sponsors to be the forefront of every design. So I really like to do things in a really clean manner. There's times where I can get away with doing some complicated designs, but as long as I keep the areas where the sponsors are and the number completely clean um, or void of any kind of design, it still gives the illusion of the car being very clean. And I think one of my favorite examples of that recently was um, the Sam Hunt Racing Multimate car, as well as the Prince William Marina car um, that ran in the last two races of the season. Those cars were a very good example, I think, of what I could do with busy designs, but also keep them very clean and still draw your eye to the quarter panel first and to the number first. And those are kind of the thought process that I go through where I want those two things to be the forefront. I don't want the design to overtake what the sponsor actually is because then you forget what the sponsor is. When you talk about, you know, working with the sponsors, is it you specifically that are interacting directly with the sponsors or is it more the decal source? So that's the interesting thing is that it's more of the decal source in that right. And I think that's where my job differs a lot from some of the freelancers uh, like Harris Liu or Ryan Daly and uh, where they probably work directly with those people. We actually have a sales team that goes in and works with those guys and they know everything when it comes to our pricing. Um, they've built relationships with the teams and those teams know who I am and, and know that I'm going to be the one working on the cars um, but they trust our sales guys to make sure that they're going to get everything that they want and get it all in the right amount of time, the right material, um, the install correct and, and everything. So it's easier to have a sales team and it's a luxury for me. I, I feel completely lucky that I just get to design the cars. Um, now there are times where I sit in on calls, uh, with either the team or representatives of the sponsor. And that's usually for some bigger deals, um, within the cup series and stuff, you'll have more of that. It seems a lot more laid back in the Xfinity and the truck series and then down to the Arca series where the sponsors don't really need to communicate with me as much. Um, and I think that's another thing that I've tried to pride myself on is being able to read the mind of the, the individuals that are asking for the scheme without even having to talk to them. How often are you interacting directly with the drivers when it comes to paint scheme design? Because I know some paint schemes you know, some sponsors do like a driver input, but coming from your specific design experience, you know, how often are you actually interacting with drivers? It's very, very minimal. I would say that um, I'd probably say less than 10% of the time I actually get to interact with the drivers. Um, one of the few drivers that I know that I have interacted with was um, Natalie Decker. 
Um, she has some input when it comes to her stuff. She actually takes care of a lot of her own um, sponsorships and um, what goes on the truck and uh, what goes behind the scenes, you know, to get all of her race stuff ready for that week. She, she takes care of a lot of that herself. Um, but as for any of the other drivers, um, there's not too many that really get involved too heavily or that have any say. Um, I know there's a, a, a few drivers for some of the teams that don't even know what the car is going to look like until they get to the shop. So let's talk about your 2020 design season. You've, like I said, you've been to ARCA, Trucks, Xfinity, and Cup. You know, what was one of your or some of your favorite moments from 2020 that involved one of your designs? Um, I would definitely say some of the wins. Uh, that's something that I never thought that would ever happen is to see some of my designs win. Um, I got to see Martin Truex Jr. win in the Sirius XM scheme, and he did that last year as well. Uh, and that's just overall been one of the more popular schemes that I've been able to have the uh, opportunity to do where there's a lot of die casts of that. Um, I can go to Walmart and buy that car now. And that, it doesn't make sense to me. Like that's the coolest thing. Um, also seeing Brandon Jones win in the, uh, the throwback to the Toyota, that, that car meant a lot to me because um, it, it shared the heritage that Toyota had uh, with the Celica back in the goodies dash series. And I thought that was some pretty cool nostalgia and to see uh, Jones kind of steal the win away from Ross Chastain, it was uh, it was really cool. I was jumping up and down. I felt like I was going to flip a table over or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got really into it. Um, I'd say some of my favorite stuff, though, is definitely the throwback cars. Uh, because I, I'm a big nerd about the nostalgia of the uh, and the, and the history of the um, all three series. And... To be able to bring any of that kind of stuff back is is really special to me and to know that i can work on that stuff and that those original drivers will end up seeing that work um is is really special what sets you apart from other designers um well i'd say besides the the fact that i do work at a company and and that i don't interact with the uh, the drivers myself and i don't have to go out and and do that kind of um that poll, uh, I feel like I, I'm pretty lucky in the fact that I have a luxury to that. But I also, just on the design end of the thing, uh, I have a lot of print experience. So when I'm designing a car, I feel that, or, or when I'm, I'm putting that together, I think about every element that's going to have to get installed on that car. A lot of designers might try to do stuff that's going to wrap around to the front and the, the nose of the car or to the rear of the car. And that stuff looks great, but it's a lot more complicated for um, teams that necessarily don't use our install or that don't have the experience to actually install that stuff. And it can become difficult. Um, we have the luxury also of the fact that we have a lot of good templates that we're able to build most of our work in to the wrap. So there aren't a lot of very, you know, minuscule separate pieces the numbers built in, the contingencies are built in, the quarter panels built in. Um, but I think the biggest thing, like I said, is just the knowledge that I had from working at a sign shop and, and knowing about the printing, uh, all the way down to the color management and making sure that the sponsors have the right Pantone colors for their, uh, for their brand, um, making sure that the blacks are the correct black and that everything prints okay. So when I design, I have to kind of think from that perspective more and for the respect of our installers and our setup guys to make it an easier life for them to, to be able to install these cars. So a lot of my designs, you won't see much stuff going around to the front end of, uh, of the car and uh, to the rear, just because some of that stuff can fail. 
um, depending on how good we feel about the templates. Um, and just based off of, you know, the preference of the team, sometimes they don't like a lot of that stuff to be uh, complicated around the front and the rears of the cars. How many paint schemes would you say you make when it comes to a, you know, a sponsor wants a paint scheme, you know, how many variations of your scheme do you go through before you land on the final one? Typically I try to give um, a minimum of four. Um, and that will be either color variations of something that I'm really stuck on. Sometimes I just get a little stubborn and I'm like, I really want them to do this design and I'll give them a few different options color wise, or I, I feel good about how different designs come out and I'll be able to give them five or six that are completely different schemes. I would definitely say that the majority of my work doesn't actually get to go on the track. Um, the 70 something cars that did get to go on the track this year were followed by probably well over 150 designs, you know? Uh, and sometimes it's not my favorite stuff that gets picked. And that's because either the sponsor has a lot of influence or maybe I didn't follow their branding 100% or the team had some influence into it and they wanted to see something specific. But it, it all comes down to uh, a collective of people, you know, that get to judge your work. And that, that makes it a little bit tough too. You have to have thick skin when it comes to some of the criticism. From the first paint scheme you made that the Justin Marks GoPro Motoplex car to now, what have you learned the most about the design business in NASCAR? Um, I would definitely say what it takes to have a, a design that stands out to the public and um, seeing what the general public likes, but also what the um, average NASCAR fan is attracted to in it. I've realized through that it's it's become a lot of simplicity, a lot of, you know, um, kind of old school looking kinds of designs. And it's something that kind of racks my brain because as a designer, you want your stuff to be busy and, and interesting. But the impact that's made by just a couple stripes, I mean, you look at a Dale Earnhardt car, you look at, um, you know, any, any kind of race car from the 90s, the Bill Elliott car even, there was nothing really special about that car, but it stood out more than some of the others and it's memorable. And that's something that I think I've strived for and, and tried to learn more about is what makes a, a, a paint scheme memorable. And uh, so I'd say that's probably the biggest chunk that I've taken from all of it. Aside from learning everything that I have about the print process, about the sponsorship approvals, um, and what it actually takes to have a car on the track. What would you say is your number one favorite paint scheme you've ever designed? That's such a tough one. And I was thinking about this uh, before we even came on here. And I, I would say probably the, uh, the Sirius XM uh, Martin Truex car, but I'm also a really, really big fan of the Eric Jones Toyota scheme that ran this year. Um, a lot of time went into that one and a lot of kind of out of the box thought process for myself went into that. And it, it ended up working and I don't know how popular that scheme actually is, but when I see it, it makes me happy. So that's, that's definitely one of my favorites. And then I'd say at the end of the year, I, I felt like I hit my peak and I, I really hit every design aspect that I wanted to with, um, with things that I check off to myself. And I'd say the mulch make car at the end of the year, but if I had to give one answer, it'd be the Sirius XM Martin Truex. You know, you get to work with, multiple teams, you know, Kawe, KBM, Front Row, Nice, you know, the Toyota camp as well. Going from team to team, 
does, does each team kind of have their own design language that you have to follow or is it just, you know, whatever you think looks best, this is what you get. It, that's where it gets very complicated because there, there, there is a language uh, for every team. And in the beginning, it was hard to understand it. I'd say um, colleague has their own and niece has their own niece. Actually, they uh, they're a little bit more laid back and they let me do what I want to essentially just within the guidelines of them having like a partial wrap. But then when it comes to a brand like colleague, uh, they like very clean. They like very simple. They like it to stand out and to be memorable. And achieving that can be very difficult. Um, and trying to bounce back and forth. Sometimes I work on those cars, you know, side by side to each other, where I'll have a, uh, a colleague car that I have to work on in the morning. And then that afternoon, I have to do a, a niece design. So that morning, I'll be working on the colleague car. And I'm like, I have to make this clean. I have to make it simple. I have to make it stand out. And then the niece truck, you know, like the Travis Pastrana truck that it was an absolutely bananas design that had, you know, stars and stripes and an Eagle on it and stuff. And in the same day, you have to kind of shift your gears and, and be able to work on something like that. So that makes it a little bit difficult. Um, and it's, it can be mentally taxing, but I'd rather be stressed out about something like design than anything else. Honestly, <laughs> I think that's still a, a really positive thing to be stressed out about if I had to be. Give one piece of advice to an aspiring designer. Uh, I would say definitely don't ever give up and don't ever stop drawing. I know there's going to be a lot of criticism. There's going to be a lot of people that say either you can't do it or there's going to be teams that say they don't need help or they don't need your work. Um, but if you stop doing it, you're going to stop doing stuff that makes you happy and you need to keep yourself happy by doing this stuff. I, my creative expression comes out through all of these cars and uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I'm glad that I didn't stop. You know, I feel very lucky that I got into the position that I did. And I feel like just with how everything lined up with my life,